Hello and welcome to the Local Leaders Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Johnson. The Local Leaders Podcast provides a platform for successful business owners to share their stories, their experiences, their advice, and their ideas in order to help our listeners achieve more success in their business and in their lives. Get ready. Another great show is coming up. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Local Leaders Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Johnson, and I am uh, really excited to be here with Cody Sowers. Cody, I didn't ask you about pronouncing your last name, man. Did I, did I get it right or wrong? You got it, Sowers. All right, I'm, I'm glad. Cody Sowers, with fat kid Phillies out of Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Um, he's going to share his story with us today, and I just wanted to welcome you to the podcast, Cody. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me, Jeff. Excited to be here. Well, it's uh, you know it's a great opportunity for us, and as I was telling you earlier, we haven't uh, we haven't had any guests yet from South Dakota, so I'm excited about getting into that area and uh, helping one another, um, you know, get get the word out and help people learn more about you guys. So, Fat Kid Phillies to start with, what an awesome name! <laughs> Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, I, I, I love that. It's got to be memorable and it it, it fits because uh, you're the Philly cheesecake, cheesecake, Philly cheese steak king of South Dakota. Uh, why don't you tell us a little about the business and kind of what it's all about, how you got started, all that good stuff. Yeah, absolutely, man. So, you know, uh, we started off with the food truck business. I studied for Oh, about five years before jumping into the business, really wanting to figure out uh, food trucks, scenery, and the community of food trucks around Sioux Falls and in South Dakota. Um, so, I mean, we would actually travel to different cities and different states to try and find new food trucks. Um, and when we go out there, we'd ask questions. We'd just straight up ask them, hey, how do you do this? What do you do in the winter? You know, what did you do? What steps did you take? Um, and so we just kind of basically did our own little research for four and a half, five years before we took the plunge. Um, and basically the reason for it is, is, uh, I mean, I grew up in the food industry. My grandparents owned a restaurant here in Sioux Falls, right downtown. It was kind of the staple as Sioux Falls was coming up. And, um, we, we really like to feed people. I really enjoy cooking. And I thought what better way than to, uh, you know, build a food truck and, and sling some sandwiches and go from there. Yeah, well, it's pretty cool that, uh, and and pretty amazing that you had the patience patience to you know really research the business for such a long period of time, and I'm sure you got quite an education out talking to other people. And um, I just wanted to point that out for our listeners because it's a great piece of advice um, to go talk to people who've done it, which is you know what we're doing here. Uh, there's no telling what you learn when you do that, and and it really helps put you in a in a better position and. You know, you were telling me earlier you started out um, out of a camper, basically. Yeah, so it was a 1981 Travelcraft camper. Um, bought it off of a guy, came with a generator. Uh, me and another guy, we gutted the whole thing. We rebuilt it. Uh, me and him, we put in um, a Blackstone grill, um, some hoods from uh, Menards. We built new countertops. Most of the materials came from Menards. Um, you know, we ran a little bit uh, for about a month or so. It was still kind of that cream colored, looked like uh, Breaking Bad's 
um, camper. <laughs> what it, what it, me. it was an old renovated RV. Um, and then uh, we painted it. We, we spray painted it. I mean, as cheesy as that sounds, we, we wanted something uh, not so homely looking. So we bought some black spray paint. We spray painted the whole thing and we bought some banners off the internet that had our logo on it. And we put them up with rubber bands and screws and blocks uh, four by four. And I mean, it was a makeshift uh, food truck. We we uh, turned it into exactly what we needed it to be. Well, that that is what you call homemade ingenuity, my friend. And, <laughs> uh, you know, when you're when you're paying out of pocket and you you're trying to build out a dream that you've been uh, working on for a number of years, you, you do what you got to do, and and obviously it worked because. Um, you know, you may have started up in that RV, but uh, tell us a little about everywhere that you are now. Sure. So we're just under two years into the business. I think we're approaching 21 months or so if I if my calculations are right. Um, and yeah, we started off in a camper. It was great because the, it kept the overhead low, which is so important, in my opinion, with uh, starting any type of business um, is making sure they have working capital and keeping your overhead low. So that worked for that. We uh, then moved into um, Denny Sanford Premier Center, which here is a it's a big arena, big convention center. They have uh, we just had Eric Church this past weekend perform out there. Um, We have a local hockey team, a local indoor football team, uh, monster trucks, WWE is coming up. So we have a stand that we had decided to open up inside the convention center uh, inside Denny Sanford Premier Center. Um, we then, through connections of that, had moved into the uh, semi-pro baseball team here in Sioux Falls, which is the uh, Sioux Falls Canaries. Mm-hmm. So we have a, a, a concession stand inside the Canaries. We then moved into a second food truck, um, which was a pull-behind smoker trailer. Um, when we started doing large number of smoking events, uh, barbecue events, that kind of stuff, and expanded out our menu a little bit uh push forward about oh, a year or so year year and a half and we had gotten asked to take over the concession stands out at Houston Speedway which is a uh dirt track out here um in Brandon South Dakota uh so we had taken over they essentially have four concession stands out there that we um took all those over uh and then uh, here in October I had opened up my own bar in Salem South Dakota uh, it's a full on and off sale service bar. It's called the Fat Kids Saloon. Um, still serving our award winning fillies, uh, still serving burgers and kind of that old homemade uh, flat top great food that we have. Um, this weekend, we reopen out in Valley Springs for a kitchen that we took over at a bar called On the Rocks. Um, we have since sold both of the food trucks and are actually looking at uh, building two new ones um, just because with the market that's out there uh, food trucks are a booming business we were able to turn a profit by selling those and then uh, re uh, rebuild a couple more more uh, in our specs that we need so we have some future locations uh, stuff that um, isn't set in stone yet but yeah I mean we we went from a food trailer or food truck uh, that was essentially a converted camper uh, about 20 months ago into essentially five or six different locations and owning our own bar in Salem. Yeah, that, that's pretty doggone amazing, um, Cody. I, that's, uh, you know, I think any entrepreneur that's, uh, that's, you know, 
building or starting their new their business probably doesn't expect to get to get that kind of growth that quickly. So, I mean, was that surprising to you or did you come into it with this this kind of plan in place? Um, there's always the plan that we wanted to get big fast. You know, we had a lot of people along the way telling us, uh, you know, don't get too big too fast. I always found that as kind of a silly statement. You know, you look at um, Amazon or Tesla or any of them and tell them not to get too big too fast. Um, however, we didn't expect it to. I mean, at the end of the day, we're not building electric cars and we're not uh, some sort of internet sensation where we're a food truck or a food business. So we didn't expect to expand the way we did. Um, but, you know, you offer decent food at, at a quality price and great customer service and uh, things catch on and it, it, it just worked out in our favor. Yeah. Now, are you, is, is your, um, I'm going off track because I'm getting hungry now thinking about that uh, cheese steak, but uh, is it, it, are you, are you pouring melted cheese on it? Like, a, like up toward the, the Philly area? Yeah. So, I mean, we, we changed the name. So if people haven't seen our name, the Philly part is actually F-I-L-L-Y-S as in a filled up sandwich. Um, we didn't want to take away and, and try to compete with the original uh, Pats or Genos out of Philadelphia. I mean, they're the original creators, and, and we don't uh, ever try to say that we're the same. We're, we got kind of a Midwest twist on our Philly cheesesteaks. Um, so it's a, you know, we take a sirloin and we slow smoke it. We pull it all by hand. So it's more of a shredded steak than it is your um, chopped or, uh, or thinly sliced steak. It's, it's more of a shredded steak. Um, and then it's got provolone, uh, petite diced onions and green peppers. Um, it does have a mayo on the hoagie and then yeah, an aged cheddar cheese sauce that goes on top. So it's not a traditional Philly. Um, and we've never claimed to be the traditional Philly. We've always wanted to have our own spin on it. Um, and on top of the original cheesesteak, we offer about 15 other different types of cheesesteaks, including pork, meatballs, chicken. Uh, Rubens, we do a Ruben Philly that's really good. So we have a bunch of different ones. So it's a, uh, it's just a twist on the on the original American sandwich. Yeah, and I I think that sounds fantastic because um, you know over here I'm in North Carolina, which I, I think I told you earlier, and um, our Philly cheesesteaks aren't really Philly cheesesteaks, you know, because we don't have the the cheese that's poured on. They they just add sliced cheese. Yep over here in this area so that's why i was asking i was just curious and uh, so that sounds awesome and for all our listeners who haven't had the opportunity to uh, check you guys out uh, the website is fat kid phillies f-a-t-k-i-d-f-i-l-l-y-s.com uh, be sure to go check it out you can kind of get a feel for everything they're doing uh, the menu looks looks terrific uh, i love the names uh, the heifer the skinny moo <laughs> the Loki, plain Jane, rabbit food. You, it's, it's just really a unique way of presenting your menu. So uh, I don't know if that was your idea or you had some help with it, but good job. Thank you. Yes, uh, we're, we've been 100% family owned and operated uh, with exception of the racetrack, just because there's about 25 people that work out there. Or so, but for the most part, I mean, since we've been started, yeah, I mean, it's my kids, it's my wife, it's my mom, my brother, all helping me decide what sells, what doesn't, what should go in, what should go out. So I take, uh, I take all their opinions and then, yeah, we kind of execute from there. Yeah. Well, it looks like you come up with some great, great items and apparently it's working because you've been able to, to have some fast growth and, and, you know, that's, 
what we're really interested in here in the show is is talking through you know how you did it and how you got over some of the obstacles and challenges along the way because all of us when we start a business you know we don't want it to be just a small thing that's plateaued at least most of us don't we want to have that continual growth and uh, you guys have done a, a really good job at that um, speaking of challenges so was there any major issues or, or things that that got in your way uh, as you started building this thing out that, that you might want to share with us? Um, I mean, yeah, there, there's always going to be hurdles. There's always going to be mistakes. Um, there's, uh, I, I think the biggest thing that, that always caught us by surprise, especially in the food truck world is, is those things go bouncing down the road and things are consistently breaking. Um, you know, you consistently have, we've had our fridge go out on us twice with thousand dollars worth, you know, a couple thousand dollars worth of product sitting in there when you're just starting, um, you know, if, if you don't have a huge bankroll, um, which most people who make their first food truck out of a 1981 travel craft camper don't, um, you know, that, that can be daunting. So you got to be able to adapt and, and overcome, um, and kind of think on your feet. So, uh, you know, I don't know about every business, but I, I do feel like in the food truck and food industry business that you need to have um, quick decision making and, and kind of stand your ground when those troubles present. The other only thing that I can honestly say that um, was probably our biggest issue or our biggest scare anyways was COVID. Because uh, when we started, it was right at the beginning of COVID and we didn't know what to expect. We had dumped all of our savings, all of our uh, checking all of our uh, money into getting this food truck up and running and getting it ready to go. Um, and boom, COVID hit and we didn't know what to expect. We didn't know if we were going to get shut down. We didn't really know anything about the virus. Um, I would say that it actually probably springboarded us into the little bit of uh, success that we've had due to other restaurants needing to close. We were kind of that curbside service. And we played off of that. We, uh, you know, we signed up with foodtruckpub.com um, and had online orders. People could come. It was contactless. Um, they could come up. They could pre-order. They could prepay. Come right up to the window. Here's your food. Um, so we played off that a little bit. So I would say, you know, regardless of any issues that come up, just play into it. Use it as the strength for you. Um, you know, when COVID came up, we decided to advertise social media-wise that we were you know, a contactless uh, curbside pickup. Um, we followed CDC guidelines. We would wear a mask. We would wear gloves. And it brought people a little bit of comfort knowing that they could still get that uh, out-to-eat uh, experience that they're looking for without having to sit inside a restaurant or having to worry about uh, what might happen to them. So, um, yeah, I mean, plenty of complications, but I think if you can think on your feet and you're a quick decision maker, uh, you can use those to your strengths instead of your weakness. Well, it definitely sounds like uh, that you did. You guys did all the right things, and um, you know, to take advantage of that situation. It's as you know, I don't mean that in a bad way because COVID's been horrible and a lot of a lot of challenges, you know, around the country. But uh, there's a lot of other entrepreneurs like yourself who who are able to adapt and kind of make it work. Um, so that you could you feed the hungry and, and you know, all of us, uh, when that happened, we all wanted to get out and eat. And, um, you know, it really cranked up the curbside delivery type business. And I imagine with a food truck type type business, you're in a great spot to take advantage of it. 
Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, like I said, at the end of the day, it was a 50, 50 shot, whether it was going to destroy us or, or make us who we were. And we lucked out and it worked in our benefit. Um, you know, everyone wishes that the, the virus wasn't around and me and my family included, but it, it is. So like anything else, like you said, you just got to be able to adapt uh, to survive. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Congratulations on getting through that. Although we're, we're still in it and uh, yeah. keeps wanting to come back and, you know, now there's there's some uncertainty in the air as to what you know what may happen next. Um, hopefully, we'll get it under control and and all be in good shape. But during this time, you know, most of if not all restaurants out there, along with other other industries, have really struggled with uh, a couple of things um, you know, with shortages, supply chain shortages, and, and costs. Um, how, how badly has that impacted you? And and kind of how have you worked through that? We've noticed it. I mean, it's definitely something that's uh, it's a real thing. Um, and if you're not in the business, if you're if you're a um, you know a customer or or uh, maybe just even on the employment side that doesn't really handle much with the inventory, it is it's a real thing. You know, it's it's difficult to want to put together a top shelf menu or um, offer something, and it's either just not available or it's on back order. Um, paper products, you know, trying to figure this out. Um, again, it's just one of those things that you have to adapt to survive. So like in my restaurant, we have switched to, uh, paper menus. Um, and that way, if, you know, after two or three months, something needs to change because something might not be available, it's easily accessible to change it. Um, and then people like actually seeing a new menu, they like seeing some new products and it might take some ease off of what you might not be able to offer, or at least not offer for a little bit. So. Um, the, the shortage and the virus and everything is a real thing and it um, it all needs to be taken seriously, but you can take it within stride and, and again, just kind of turn around, um, you know, adapt to survive. So uh, when something else becomes available, if you're able and, and crafty enough to add some new menu item and promote that menu item um, and make the, the new menu item a, a bigger deal than not having the old menu item. Yeah. Um, customers are going to follow suit uh, to the excitement that you try to bring into it. And if you consistently, you know, talk about the product that you might not be able to get anymore, that's what they're going to focus on. Where if you can say, Hey, you know, we got these new street tacos they are fantastic. You should try them. You're taking pictures, you're posting on social media. And you're drawing the attention away. It's not that it's not there anymore. You're just, um, you know, not drawing attention to it. Yeah, taking a new direction. And you've got a very broad, uh, I guess, protein menu. Um, so, you know, it's it's a little easier for you to be able to move in and out of things. Uh, you think of a place like, um, you know, Wild Wings or something. And uh, if they can't get wings, they're in trouble. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I, I've seen the price of wings, and I I tip my hat to anyone of um, that you know that type of cuisine because uh, the cost is insane, and I haven't really seen a big increase on prices from a lot of those types of places. So uh, again, I tip my hat to whatever they're doing. Um, you know, keep it up; they're doing a good job. Yeah, I, th I think they started growing their own chickens. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's it, it's funny. I did speak with a gentleman a while back who, uh, not too long ago, it's in the seafood space, and uh, and actually he he has recently invested in a um, a catfish farm, 
Um, sure. You know, as part of his portfolio, he wants to he wants to be able to to help with his own supply himself. Uh, he said it's going to give him about twenty percent of his of his catfish need, but you know, it's twenty percent he didn't have before. So it's a great adaptation. Yeah, yeah. I love it. Yeah, it's uh, it's crazy what you have to do today, and like you said, think on your feet and and be creative, be adaptive um, to make things work. So. How about from a now? You guys, let me just ask you because you got a, multiple venues, uh, some in in the arenas and and comp, sports complexes and things, and they're probably I'm assuming not operating uh, seven days a week. But are you supplying? Are you are you feeding those um, locations out of a, a central kitchen, um, or are you cooking on site at each location? How do, how does that work? Uh, it's a, a little bit of mixture of both. So when we had our food truck, that was our commercial kitchen and we are, you know, um, allowed to use that. So we would, we do a lot of our smoking out of that. Um, with those two food trucks now we use our commercial kitchen in Salem out of the bar, um, to prepare a lot of the stuff we have. So yeah, for example, like Denny Sanford, um, you know, there's maybe one or two events a week. Sometimes there's a couple weeks in between where there isn't an event. Um, so we're going there We're we're pulling the inventory out. Uh, we're bringing it back to our Salem location. Um, and then when we decide to load up, yeah, we'll have coolers full of ice, full of product, um, bags dated, ready to go. And we bring it all up. We set it all up. There is a flat top, uh, right there with a hood vent system. So we do cook all the orders to, or we cook all the food to order. So as soon as you come up and order your food, if you decide you don't want onions or don't want peppers, maybe you don't like the cheese sauce. We've had people do that. Um, nothing's pre-made, nothing's pre-wrapped. Uh, everything's cooked right in front of a glass screen so that you can see what's being cooked. You can see the ingredients going in. Um, we try to use the freshest uh, buns. We try to use the freshest peppers and onions that we can get. Um, you know, when there's an outbreak of onions, we pull the onions from the menu completely until we can be 100% sure that we're using onions that are you know, safe to use. Um, so yeah, I mean, it really just depends on the location. Um, you know, places like, uh, the dirt track, we do more burgers, hot dogs, candy, popcorn, that kind of stuff. So it's easily to keep there. Um, and we do a lot less fillies. It's just a, it's just a sandwich that doesn't go over at the dirt track. So we've broadened out into the burgers and hot dogs, that kind of thing. Um, Denny Sanford, all we do is fillies. There is no burgers. There is no nothing. We do a Philly sandwich. You get steak, chicken, or pork, or you get you can put it on top of nachos um, so that you don't have the bread, um, and that's it. You get three choices, and then we're we're just a Philly stand. So it depends on the location that we're at. Um, whereas, like the Canaries baseball, we're only a Philly stand, but we also have eight different Phillies at that one versus wow. three, just because you're outside um, and there's a the kitchen's a little bit bigger. We have a little bit more opportunity to move around in that one. Um, so it really just depends on the location that we're at, but yeah, I mean, everything's done out of commercial kitchens prepped, loaded up. And then as soon as we're done, we unload it and bring it all back for storage. Well, it, it's really cool to me how you can adapt to the location and the clientele that are, that are coming to those, you know, a different group of people, maybe going to a race, a dirt, dirt race, then going to the baseball game. And, uh, you've, you're able to adapt your menu to kind of fit the audience. And, uh, you know, I think that's, that's pretty smart as well. Um, a question. I don't know if you can answer it or not, or, or willing to. But uh, I was just thinking as you were you were talking, are there are the margins uh, because your overhead in in some of these facilities aren't 
it isn't what it is at a brick and mortar uh, at your bar, for example. Um, are your margins any better at these these types of, of event spaces than they would be in the traditional restaurant space? Uh, the simple answer would be yes. Uh, the margins on um, such as places like the Dirt Track and the Denny Sanford uh, is obviously easier to charge more. And I mean, it, I grew up in a world and and where profit is not a bad word. I mean, none of us are in this to break even. None of us are in this to get by. We all want to make money, man. We all want to have a retirement fund and we all want to uh, do it as quickly and as easily as possible. Right. Um, so it's no joke that when people go to uh, any type of outdoor event, any type of special event, you're going to pay double. You're going to pay more. Uh, for beer and soda and candy and popcorn and fillies and anything of the sort. So, yeah, the profit margins tend to uh, be higher at those stands um, in a sense of just straight sales. But then there's also the um, the rent. I mean, it's uh, we, we work off a percentage at most of these locations. So you take that into consideration and, you know, it's it's not as high as initially looked. Um, and this is all stuff that you just have to do. Not only do you have to adapt your menu, but you have to adapt your product and find uh, the best way to do it to where you can still turn a dollar. Um, but yeah, simple answer would be any of the concession stands are probably going to have a higher profit margin than just straight brick and mortar. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking that uh, that that revenue share or profit share, however it might work on the back end would probably, uh, you know, could be could be tough, you know, on the purveyor like yourself. but. I was just curious. I've never asked that question before, so I appreciate you sharing a little insight. Uh, yeah, no problem. At the end of the day, it's still just a cost. I mean, if you put it all into your P&L and, and break it all down, and if it makes sense, do it. I mean, that's, I guess, the number one thing that I can un honestly say is going into this business and growing as fast as we can. Um, we've had some people say, well, you know, I wouldn't do that because of, you know, the profit share or the margins or whatever the case may be however the deal works out, but, uh, you know, not everyone's going to grow the same business the same way. Some people are going to grow 10 times faster than I am, um, doing it their way. And some people are going to go at 10 times slower doing it their way. So whatever you can do as an entrepreneur, if it makes sense and, and it's not uh, a struggle or a stressful situation, you know, pedal to the metal, man, take the shot. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like that. So what do you think because of uh, now you've got the brick and mortar, you've got the event space um, concessions and things like that. Do you look, do you plan to grow both of those uh, over the next few years or are you kind of looking at one more than the other? Um, you know, like I said, up, up until six months ago, we had no intentions of buying or owning a bar. Um, you know, okay. we wanted to open up a little restaurant and, and now we own a bar. Um, you know, I'm big in the motorcycle community. I worked at uh, JNL Harley Davidson for many years, um, and I, I like that scenery. Uh, so we'd like to take the bar to that level a little bit and doing some, you know, car shows and bike shows and and maybe some bike nights or poker runs. Uh, so we'd like to grow the bar. I don't think it, we want to grow it any bigger than it is. It's, it's a pretty decent sized location, but we definitely want to bring in events that maybe that bar has never seen before. Um, you know, we want to bring in some hog roasts and some seafood boils and, and fun food stuff. We want to do a free kids movie night, you know, once a month during the summer where kids could come in, we move all the tables and chairs, throw some beanbags on the floor, drop a screen and, 
they can come in and watch a movie for free. It's a town of about 1600 is where my bar is. And um, there's not a ton of stuff to do. So if we can try to help the community a little bit to have something um, as far as concessions. Yeah, man, we'll grow that as big as anyone will let us. Um, you know, there's plenty of locations nationwide between NFL, NHL, NBA, MLB um, that we could start tapping into. Uh, but, you know, one step at a time, we want to make sure that we get uh, our feet under us and make sure that we have a strong foundation. But yeah, I mean, it, it, like I said, if the opportunity comes up and it makes sense, you know, why not take that shot? Makes makes total sense. And and you're also smart to think about it from, um, you know, being so so young of the business, getting your feet under you and making sure you got your your uh, you perfected your processes and you got everything down and uh, as you get better at it, then you start expanding those venues and um, and hopefully start making more money and and you can retire at what forty. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, that'd be nice. I, I don't know if that's a realistic goal or not. Um, you know, <laughs> that's yeah, just, no, no, I'm, I'm just I agree, maybe. Yeah, I know. I know. Well, I'm I'm 55 and I've still got to keep on kicking for a while. So, uh, but yeah. I wasn't as smart as you when I got, you know, when I was younger and, and got into a, a great business and, and uh, was able to grow it like you have. So congratulations to that. And I'm Thank sure that I'm sure the community is really happy for you to be there. And and you mentioned community and, and that is important, you know, for, for most restaurant businesses or food businesses want to be a part of that. Uh, giving back and heck you're doing that here giving back to our community of, of restaurant owners just by sharing your story and your experiences and the things that you've learned in uh, in the last couple of years so thank you again for all that absolutely uh, hey let's talk about you mentioned earlier uh, I like to touch on marketing uh, to see what people are doing and um, I know you mentioned uh, I think Facebook earlier. I know you've got, got the Facebook page out there. Are y'all doing anything outside of social media? Um, and if not, kind of what are your plans going forward to, to really promote the business? We have a little bit, um, not much local newspaper. Um, you know, we, we try to touch base with um, like Sioux Falls, local newspapers and, and online newspapers. Um you know, we haven't really done any type of commercial or radio ads. Um, and I, I see value in those, but to me, uh, just starting anything that you can do to market your company or promote your company on a very extremely low budget or free, um, is the way to go. Uh, everyone uses Facebook. I mean, even my grandmother knows how to use Facebook, not very well, but she knows how to use it. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's free marketing. Um, you know, there's different promotions that Facebook and Instagram and stuff put on to run your ad more. Um, and that, you know, five, 10 bucks or something, if that seems uh, like a smart move for um, any business to take over, then, you know, that's a choice that, that you can make at that time. But I see social media um, as the freest platform to promote any type of business out there. And you're going to catch um, a very vast market versus spending X amount of money on um, any type of newspaper, radio ad, commercial. Uh, most people, you know, I don't even know if most people have cable anymore. They, they go to Hulu, Netflix, that kind of stuff. So you're not seeing the commercials like you did when I was a kid growing up, you know, in between the, the show, there'd be a two and a half minute commercial. And that's how we went and bought, you know, our action figures and everything else. And yeah. we'd annoy our, our parents to go buy that stuff because we'd see it on TV. Kids aren't that way anymore. 
um, kids have tablets and they have computers and they have this and they have that. And that's how they're seeing um, these commercials. And what benefits us is that we can promote these commercials for free uh, on social media. So my recommendation or the way that we did it anyways was, I would say a strong 99% of straight social media marketing, um, live videos. People like to know who you are, know a little bit about you. I used to bring my kids in on live video. I'd talk to the, the live video. I'd talk to the customers like, like their friends. Cause they are, um, you know, they would come up to the food truck and they would see me cooking. It isn't some random owner that they've never met before. It's not some, you know, new line cook that they've never seen trying to figure out, well, he made the menu, but he doesn't really cook it. So we're in the videos. We're the ones doing the cooking. It's my face you see um, when you come up to the truck, when you come up to the stands, when you come up to the bar. Now, obviously, I can't be everywhere uh, all at the same time. So we do have other workers, um, but we bring them in and we introduce them through mar- uh, social media. So that way, if you go out to the Denny Sanford and you see my little brother cooking, you know who he is. You've seen him before in the videos. You've seen him in the posts. Um and that brings some sort of uh, relationship between customer and, and business. And people like uh, they miss the connection of knowing a guy or, or you know, feeling like they can come in and mm-hmm. have a conversation because they're watching these live videos and they feel like they get to know me and they know my family. They know my kids. They know the sports my kids are in. Um, and it's it's a free um, connection straight to your customers that they get to tune in on at any time of the day, any, any place of the day, they can save your ad. They can uh, save it to their phone. If you're running a special, they can click and save that picture. Um, And they've never been able to do that through newspaper or TV. So social media to me is, is number one. That's what you need to be hitting on a daily basis. And I, you know, two, three times a day. Yeah. Great, great advice. And I, I think especially in the restaurant space, it's Facebook and Instagram primarily. Some some of the restaurants with, with bigger budgets are starting to you know, think more about TikTok and uh, places like that and how they can can leverage it. Um, and but, you know, at some point it gets all too much. So are you doing the, the social media or do you have help? We do. So as far as our social media, I don't pay anyone to do our social media. I mean, I grab my own cell phone. I hit record live. The only thing that I took into consideration is that when I want to take pictures of food, I want a really good picture. Um, so we went out and we bought a phone that has a really good camera and has really good, uh, editing features so that we can edit them. We don't want to edit our pictures too much. Um, cause we want people to come in and have the same sandwich that they're seeing on the pictures that we're taking. Um, but sometimes you want to edit the lighting just a little bit uh, and make your pictures look a little bit better. So that's probably the only thing that I would say that I took, um, into consideration. But other than that, no, we, we do all of our own social media. I don't have any type of company. Um, it, it, it doesn't take long. It's right in the palm of your hand. You can do a post. Um, you can say what you want. You can post a picture. And I mean, you're, you know, a minute, minute and a half in, you're done and you're off doing something else. And then two, three hours later, you can pop back on quick and Hey, now we got this going on or Hey, this is coming up this weekend. Um, it, it's, it's a little bit of work that, uh, you know, I think, puts in exactly what the owner wants to say in a social media post where if you have someone else doing it, they're going to try and find the best way to, to sell that post. And that's not always the goal. Sometimes, sometimes it's just to inform people and you're not trying to turn a buck off that post. You just want to let people know, Hey, this is coming up or this is what we're doing now and keep them informed. 
good point. I never thought about it like that, but you're right about selling posts and, and things like that. It's, it's just different when you're doing it organically yourself. Uh, it's, it's all you, it's all about you. And um, you, yeah, I think you're able to connect with your customers better in those cases. Um, so again, it's, it's awesome what you guys are doing. And um, let me switch gears and, and ask you about the technology side of it, because a lot of our owners, restaurant owners, or future restaurant owners uh, are wondering about kind of how, you know, what to use, how to use it, all that. I'm talking POS, I'm talking QR codes, uh, online menus, um, all that kind of stuff. What, what are you guys up to in, in terms of technology? Um, for point of sale system, we use a company called Heartland. Um, you know, there's probably a handful of really good, uh, uh, point of sale systems out there. Um, there's a lot of stuff, depending on the size of your restaurant, uh, you know, you can get into the handheld stuff that you can bring right to the table. You can leave on the table. It's kind of a, um, you know, kind of a health standpoint for the COVID thing. When we first started, we used square, um, and I use my cell phone. I, I got the free square reader and we plugged it into my phone and we used square and made up our menu and as we were running the food truck i mean that's just what we use it's, it was it was free we didn't have to purchase anything mm-hmm. uh, so that's how we got started uh and we still use square to this day for the food truck and the catering side of things um some of the concession stuff but the other the brick and mortars um we got into a point of sale system and you just need to go out there and find out which one makes the most sense for you. Find a guy that, you know, if something's wrong with your point of sale system, you can call them up, hey, this is wrong, and they're going to get that fixed right away because there's nothing worse than when you're in the middle of dinner rush and your printer's not printing or your point of sale isn't working the way that it's supposed to. Um, I do recommend everyone who has a point of sale system asking whoever set it up to go through it with you so that you understand the ins and outs of it so that you can try and fix this stuff sooner uh instead of trying to call it seems like a lot of companies now have a guy that they can call and then they come in to try to fix that thing and it is it's a lot of um time down you know and time is money in this industry uh you got to be able to move and shake as fast as you can so i do recommend learning as much about the equipment that you get as possible um, but yeah, I mean, we use a standard point of sale system. Um, you know, as far as order sheets, we're, we're old school. We write with a pen and paper, we write our order down the waitress comes back, she puts her order in and that works for us. Um, but we're also a lot smaller town. We're a town of 1600. You get into a town of Sioux Falls, you know, a couple hundred, 250, 260,000 people. Um, and your dinner rush is going to be way different than us. And you might need some sort of tablet or something with you that you're putting in the order as you go. Um, again, it's, it's just research. It's, it's a little bit of trial and error as you're coming up the ranks, as you're setting up yourself up, uh, is to know your, know your surroundings, know the town you're in, um, go to other restaurants that are in that area and find out what they're using. Um, I do, I do that a lot. Every time I'm in a bar, anytime I'm in a restaurant, I'm consistently looking, paying attention watching what the servers do, watching what the servers say, what works, what I like, what other people might not like, um, and adapting our own structure from what other people do. Some of these businesses have been around forever and there's a reason for it. They know what they're doing. They know their market. They've done the research. They've, they've made the mistakes and they've made the corrections. And if anything, if I can just pay attention to what they're doing and turn it into my own, maybe there's a few mistakes along the way that I could skip. We're always going to make them. 
um, you know, and you always want to learn from them, but uh, paying attention and just asking, you know, most, most business owners, if you can surround yourself with other business owners, regardless if it's in the same industry or not, ask them, you know, ask them, how did you do this? Or what did you do to get past that or, or that? Um, it's just, it's taking the time within yourself um, to have the passion to want to know everything you can about the industry all the time, because it's always changing. It's, it's never going to stay the same. Um, you know, three years ago, restaurant life was completely different than it is now. And it, it'll never be the way it was three years ago. Yeah. And so three years from now, it's going to be completely different than it is now. And if you're not continually asking, learning and finding what technology works, um, you asked about QR codes. We did that for a little bit. Um, we didn't see a big thing from it. I mean, we, I think we still have one out there, but I haven't had an order from a QR code in a long time. Um, that's just not the way our industry went. Uh, you get other big restaurants that use them all the time and it works out really great. And that, and that's how that worked for them. For us, we don't use QR codes. Um, we don't really do a lot of online ordering, uh, just with the concession stands that we have. It's, it's not a, a realistic want or need to do an online order. Um, that, you know, would be, that would be more for the, for the bar and restaurant, I guess. Um, yeah, I mean, we, we could offer it and there might be a few people that, um, use it. Maybe we're going to offer delivery here pretty soon, but, uh, you know, this, this is a very old town and, and, um, they're used to either coming in or calling in and that's just the way it's always been. I, there might be a few people that use it online, but I think in our area, um, you know, it's something we could set up and try, but I, I don't see a big push from online orderings in, in this demographic. Uh, so it's just, again, it's just really knowing your surroundings and knowing your customers. Yeah, I think that's a valid point. And you're exactly right, depending on your location, your, your the neighborhoods you're serving or the area that you're serving, whether you're in uh, rural USA or you're in big city USA, you know, things are different and you just have to adapt your technology and your, you know, things that you're offering to fit, you know, your market and what they want. And uh, it sounds like you've, you've got to figure it out, uh, Cody. But I don't know about that. There's still a lot to learn. Like I said, we're a little under two years and, and I'll be the first one to admit I've made plenty of mistakes. Um, stuff that I wish I could go back and do differently stuff that I should have gone back and done differently, even after doing it. Um, but the biggest thing is just trying to be open and honest with everyone. And when, when you make those mistakes, Hey, I did this, it didn't work out. This is what we're going to do next time. Um, so the biggest thing that I can say is don't be afraid to make mistakes. Uh, I mean, don't be, don't think that everything a hundred percent of the time is going to be perfect. Um, as much as we all want it to be, as much as our customers want us to be, uh, it, it's an unrealistic goal and it's, it's okay to make a mistake as long as you can learn from it and, and then use that again to adapt and make yourself better. Yeah, I think that's great advice. And I was going to ask you about some kind of final words of advice, but I think you just gave them, gave them to us. Don't be afraid to make mistakes and don't think you've got to be perfect hundred percent of the time, because uh, as you said, it's, it's, it's really unrealistic that, uh, that we can do that. We're only human. Uh, we also rely on technology and mechanical things and you know you never know when something's going to blow up yeah uh, absolutely. You know, literally on you and, and you just you know there's no such thing as a perfect operation but uh, but again it sounds like you you guys have come a long ways you've learned a lot um you know over that time and 
Uh, just to remind our listeners who aren't seeing the video um, at the moment, um, uh, where to find you? Again, it's www.fatkidphillies.com. Um, be sure you go check out their menu. It's really cool looking um, and learn a little bit about them. And, and even more important, go support these guys, you know, in the local venues and concessions and at the restaurant, um, you know, as much as you can if you're in, uh, in that area. Um, and other, you know, if you're not in the, in their area, uh, bring them to you. Um, <laughs> I think Cody's ready to grow some more. So, uh, especially if you got a venue or uh, a concession of some sort that, that you need to, to fill up with some great, great Philly food, um, you know, Cody and fat kid Phillies would be a great solution for you. So any of our listeners out there need to get in touch with Cody, let me know. And I'll make sure I connect you guys. Fair enough, Cody. Sounds good to me. And we uh, we all need help. We all need support. We all need to, to look after each other. And, um, you know, there's it's really been awesome to have you on here, to have you share your story and experience with our listeners. Um, time flew by. It's, it's later than I already thought it was supposed to be. So I'm going to wind this thing down. Any final thoughts or anything that I missed that you wanted to cover? No, I appreciate you guys having us. Um, like you said, uh, it's fatkidphillies.com. I believe my personal cell phone number's on there. If anyone ever has any questions or just starting, we love to help. We like to watch other businesses grow. We like to help them grow. Um, if you have you know questions about food truck industry or really just anything just getting started, some of the mistakes I make, if you want to go into more detail with that, feel free to give me a call, shoot me a text, shoot me an email. Um, and when we have a free moment, I'd be happy to get with anyone out there that that is looking for any type of assistance. Um, and yeah, we, we appreciate you having us, Jeff. Hey man. Thank you so much, Cody, for being on today. Fat kid Phillies, Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Uh, yes, sir. They are growing. They're moving on up as George Jefferson said, for all those old folks, uh, be sure you get out there and support them. And uh, again, thanks for being here, Cody. Thanks for being here listeners and enjoying another episode of the local leaders podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Jeff Johnson. Share us uh, with all your friends and, and people in the business. Uh, and we look forward to seeing you on our next episode. Thank you, and thank you, Cody. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Local Leaders Podcast. You can find us at www.jeffzpodcast.com or jeffzjohnson.com. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube. Thanks again for listening, and be sure to come back every Monday and Wednesday for our next episode.